<laughs> okay, are we okay? Yeah, all right. Um, when's the last time you honored somebody? Like fully honored them, like really, really honored them. Like not just like, hey, good job, champ, but like actually honored them. Anybody? Yeah? Great, like full on. Yeah. Can you tell me what that looked like? Yeah, so I go to school in Oklahoma, and I was at the airport for my flight, and I left my laptop in my dorm room, and I had like papers and crap, and so I needed it, and so my friend literally drove like back to campus, grabbed my laptop, and brought it back to me like at the airport. It's a good friend. And so like seriously, I like prayed for her. I on Instagram I posted about her like three or four pictures because honestly, let's be real, I'm on Instagram. That was honoring for me. Cool. And then, like, in my own heart, I thanked the Lord for her, and I told everybody about it, and everybody else texted her and said, you're so great. And so I just wanted to celebrate her for being the coolest friend ever. Yeah, that's really cool. When's the last time anybody else? Anybody else have a cool story? When you full-on honored somebody. Let me, let me take it up a notch. When's the last time you honored somebody when you deserve the honor? Defined honor, literally just pouring out your heart, exactly what you did. Pouring out your heart and saying, you, you are. Thank you so much. And, and almost kind of lifting them up, championing them, if you, if you will. Does that help? Yes, thank you. When's the last time? Did that help? Yeah, good. It's the last time. You knew, like, hey, I, I should get this. But man, they were a part of this, and I want to honor them. Kind of a hard concept, usually, right? Because we're selfish people by nature, correct? We have to learn how to not be selfish. We have to learn how to exalt people, and we have to train ourselves how to worship the Lord, right? Yes? yes. I need your guy. I need it, all right? Get these wheels, okay? You're not just coming and sitting in church, okay? This is different. There's moments in scripture where people have literally, where people deserved all of the honor for that time, yes, but gave it elsewhere and said, no, 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 look at him. And we see kind of this tango with John the Baptist and Jesus doing this kind of dance, if you will, right? The king is coming, the Messiah is coming, the Messiah is coming, that was... Uh, John's entire witness, enti entire ministry to the Lord or to the to the world. Yes, the Messiah is coming. The Messiah is coming. All of this kind of stuff. And then Jesus would do the same thing in the passage that we're going to talk about tonight, where he would say, "No, no, no! Look at this guy. He's the real deal. He has the Elijah anointing. Elijah promised that he was going to come, and that there was going to be a quote unquote second Elijah, so that he would that he would seal." The person as Messiah. Does this make sense? Jesus obviously is worthy of all honor. Yes? Duh. Right? Theology 101. He, <laughs> maybe not. I didn't go to seminary. He is deserving of all honor, but man, did he exalt somebody. Right? Isn't that cool? It's a really cool model for us to kind of take into practice. And I wanted, I was, um, I guess probably months ago, I was on an airplane and I was uh, 
in my plush United chair with one, one foot of leg space. And um, the person before me was watching the hunting channel. <laughs> okay, anybody hunt? No, yeah, do you? I've always wanted to shoot a bow and arrow and get something. <laughs> like, that'd be dope, wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> yeah, my dog tried to kill a turkey. Um, but yeah, every day. Yeah, well, we, we live up in the forest and we actually have wild turkeys hanging out with us. And no, I don't know if that's legal, but anyway, I was watching the hunting channel on the United flight and there was this concept that was talked about and I, maybe you guys know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, but there was this concept of how they train their hunting dogs. And it was a really interesting concept. And let me tell you, when, when hunting dogs are trained, they're trained actually in pairs. Okay. And they're trained in pairs because there's this concept in hunting called honoring the point. Okay. Has anybody heard of this? Okay. This is really dope. Honoring the point. So these dogs are running around trying to find the next, or find, trying to find the dead bird or dead whatever they, the dude just shot. And they, they're waiting for the wind to blow for a scent to hit their nose so that they know in which way to point, right? We've, we've heard of the, the dog going like this and pointing, right? Yes? Okay, cool. I just don't want to lose you guys on this because this will shatter the sermon if you don't get this. Just joking. When the dog points and it smells something and the other dog doesn't smell it, that other dog is trained to then lock in on that scent and honor the point of the other dog. And I thought this was really interesting. One, because I feel like we need to adapt that or implement that, maybe is a better word, implement that into more of our worship services and implement that more into our listening to a sermon or our, our prayer time and honoring somebody's point, right? Anybody ever felt in worship like, man, I'm just not feeling it? I, I felt it. <laughs> But man, I see somebody else, and I see somebody else pouring out. And I honor that point because I know that the Lord's doing something. Just because I'm not feeling something, right? We're all touchy-feely people, you know. Just because I'm not feeling something, can't I honor it? Right? This is a really cool concept when you're leading worship with somebody, and you're just like, I don't know what the, hell, uh, what the heck they're doing. <laughs> and, dang it. I did three weeks, man. I, I made it... I'll edit it, right? I don't know what they're doing, right? But man, am I going to honor it? I'm going to look at them and honor it. Or when we're praying over somebody and somebody's really, really getting ministered to by the Lord and you're just like, man, I just, my feet hurt. I'm just done, dude. Like, let's move on. What have we honored that point? Right? Isn't that kind of a cool concept? It's unfortunate that we feel like we are the most important part of a God encounter. Isn't that tragic? That we feel like, oh man, if he doesn't touch me, he didn't show up today. Man, that is such a deception of the enemy. Isn't it? Right? Wouldn't it be a shame? <laughs> that would suck. Why? Because you're never going to get an encounter. Because you're always jealous. You're always jealous of the next person. You're always saying, 
I didn't get mine today. He didn't show up the way I wanted him to. I need healing, but he didn't show up as a healer. Man, well, he shows up in other ways. He's a pretty big God. He's not just a healer. He's not just a doctor up there with a really good degree, you know? He's everything. He's mighty. He's strong. He's powerful. He's all wisdom, all knowledge. He illuminates scripture to us, all of these things. What have we honored the point more in our worship services and in our lives? What if? What would that look like, right? We're all adults. We can kind of say, oh, wow, that might be kind of cool, right? What if a worship leader singing a song you don't know, that you don't care about? But man, they're, they're feeling it. <laughs> I'm going to honor it. I'm going to honor that point. Let me be real. I do not get the song, The Blessing. I don't understand it. I struggle with it. I don't get it. I get the truth of it. I know that it's sound, <laughs> but I don't get it. But when I see a, a congregation moved, I honor the point. Not because they're all deceived. That's not what I'm saying. But because I want to honor the point. I want to honor what the Lord could be doing in the room, even though I'm not feeling it. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Yeah. I am fascinated with the anointing that John the Baptist carried. He's one of my favorite studies of a guy who literally went into the wilderness, came out looking all sorts of funky, and then says, Messiah's coming. Messiah's coming. How many people you think were feeling John the Baptist? I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. I would have said, that guy's nuts. He's probably tripping something. And I'm a little bit worried about what's coming out of his mouth. And man, is he making me look like an idiot? Right? All of you guys have felt this way because you guys all have been in Pentecostal circles and you're like, well, that guy makes me kind of look like an idiot. <laughs> Settle down. Yeah, right? Okay. I want to talk, obviously, about honor tonight, maybe in a different way. So I want you to turn to Matthew 11. Matthew 11. If you have a Bible, great. If you don't, be prepared next time. I'm just joking. Get your phone out. Google it. Fake it. Yeah, whatever. I know, I know. And I'll honor that point. <laughs> Thank you. I'm not going to read it yet. How do I honor when I'm not feeling it? How do I honor when I'm not seeing it? How do I honor when I'm not hearing it? And how do I honor when I'm not smelling it? How do I honor beyond my five senses? Right? That's our goal. That's at least our should be our goal, right? And I know, let me kind of level set. I know when you come here, I do a lot of popcorn messages where they don't all stack and it's not a beautiful series that's, you know, whatever. But, and I, I love series. I will do one, I promise. But I have, I'm trying to only bring anointed sermons right now. And I'm, I'm trying to dust off a lot of cobwebs because it's been a long time since I've, since I've preached. And I'm just trying to get back into it. So I've been in this game for, what, 11 years now. It's been kind of, I've preached a lot of sermons, and I'm just trying to bring the, the good ones. And this one's a new one. Okay? So, um, just, I want to read uh, just like chapters one through something. And we'll read it, and I'll kind of talk through it. Is that cool? You guys with me? Okay, great. 
This isn't going to be as buttoned up as the other ones, if they are. Verse, uh, verse 1, when Jesus had finished instructing his 12 disciples, he went out from there to teach and preach in their cities. Verse 2, and when John heard in prison, John the Baptist heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word to, by his disciples, pretty cool, and said to him, are you the one who is, is to come or shall we look for somebody else? Verse 4, and Jesus answered, answered them and said, Go and tell John what you hear and what you see. The blind received their sight, the lame walked, lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are being raised, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. This is an age-old thing of let, let my character speak for itself. Right? Jesus obviously couldn't do any of this stuff without this compassion attached to his life, correct? Right? Key number one, you need some compassion in your lives or else you'll never see this stuff. Okay? Yes? Okay? When's the last time your heart was moved to somebody and said, wow, I see them the way the Lord sees them? Almost like with a rose-tinted lens of, of seeing them through Jesus' blood, if you, were, if you will. Okay? How do I see people so that I can see the stuff? Yes? Because we all want to see the stuff. It's fun. I get it. I love the stuff. The stuff is legit, man. The proof's in the pudding. Right? Yes? The proof is in the pudding. So what's happening here is John, John the Baptist is saying, hey, Ask him if he is who he says he is. Ask him if he is the one to come. Yes? And I think this is fascinating because Jesus doesn't say, yeah, I'm the Messiah. He says, look at what I've done. Look at what I've done. When's the last time you really, 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 really reflected on what Jesus has done? Not just the dying on the cross part. That is just the cherry on top. He did a lot more. I think sometimes we just like overthink about the cross, which is, a, it's a wonderful thing. And I'm not diminishing the cross. Don't take me as a heretic. Okay. But he did a lot of things. He healed. He raised people from the dead, dude. Like we're so, are we so numb in our Bible reading that we're not thinking, holy crap, he raised somebody from the dead? When's the last healing you saw? Besides tonight, stop it. When's the last one, right? Well, oh, and we're just like, oh yeah, he healed from or he healed lepers all the time. When's the last time you saw a leper healed? Oh yeah, he raised he raised people from the dead all the time. Lazarus, come on, oh yeah, that's normal for. Him. When's the last time you saw that? What happened to our awe of God? Where did it go? It was once here. I don't know if it was in this room ever, you know, I'm just joking. But I, where did it go? Where did our awe go? John the Baptist captured something for us and said, I am in awe. Give me something to be in awe over, right? You think John the Baptist actually was asking that question for himself? Kind of an interesting thought, yeah? Was he asking that for himself or was he asking it for the disciples that were around him? Because obviously he knew he was the one. He was the proclaiming it. He came into the wilderness for it. 
right? Maybe it was a both and, sure. Good so far? Yeah. I don't know, whatever. Verse 7. Back to the Bible. Verse 7. And they went away. Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What? Jesus preached a sermon about John? <laughs> no, he just started talking about John. Here's what he said. This is really cool. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then... Sorry, what then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are kings, are, are in the king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. Did you go out to see a prophet? Yes, but even more. Man, Paul talks about the prophets being the best gift. How can it be more than that? What is that? Does that kind of do something? Isn't that interesting? How can it be more? And when's the last time you describe somebody as a characteristic about them and more? That's honor. Right? John wasn't asking for this. It wasn't like, hey, put in a good word. Need to advance my ministry, bro. Hey, I need I need that one eight hundred number to pick up a little bit more. You know, like no, come on. This was in just full honor. Saying, look at what this guy's done. Look at what this guy's fulfilled. He's a prophet, and he fulfilled prophecy. Man, you want to fulfill prophecy in your life? I do, and not self fulfill it. <laughs> I want it to happen by the work of God Almighty on my behalf. Isn't that cool? Well, that's true. I get it. <laughs> Let's talk about the good ones. Those ones. It's the Joel 2 stuff. Yeah. Um, verse 10. And here's what's written. Behold, I send my messenger before your face who will prepare your way before you. That was John's entire ministry. A guy who was sent before Jesus to tell everybody that he was coming. So simple. But so necessary. It's beautiful. Okay, let's keep going. 11. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there is no, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. Whoa. Let's keep going. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence and the violent take it by force for all Sorry, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let them hear. This is super cool, right? This is honor at its best, right? You see what he's fulfilling? Let me show you who he is, and man, celebrate him. Got to get better about this in our culture, don't we? Wouldn't it be cool to just like, man, I see an anointing that's on your life. 
and like for me to really mean that, right? When's the last time somebody really, really, really honored you and said, wow, I see the Lord's hand on your life and not just trying to puff their own ministry up or for them to be taken seriously. No selfish ambition attached to it. Just authenticity. Man, the plows that you guys are hitting off in, the, in CCU, man, it's going to be honored, right? Like, that's really cool. What if? Let's keep going. Where was I? Anybody remember? 16? Thank you. But to what shall I compare this generation? This is where he kind of shifts, okay? So it was all John the Baptist, and now it's shifting to this generation, okay? We can take this for what it's worth today. This is still true. What shall I compare to this generation? It's like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang, oh gosh, I, I didn't study this in the ESV. We sang a dirge. What is that? Dirge? Thank you. A lament, right? Okay, mine's uh, the NASB, I think, says lament. But I usually preach out of ESV, so I didn't come prepared. Let me say it again. Verse 17, we played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a lament for you, and you did not mourn. For John came neither nor drinking, uh, nor, sorry, neither eating nor drinking, and they said, he has a demon. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of a tax collector and sinner, yet wisdom is justified by their deeds. What am I going to do with this generation? What is this playing the flute stuff? <laughs> Isn't that a, it's a beautiful imagery. Let me tell you about it. How often... And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my own spin on it, if that's okay. The Lord sings and dances over us. Right? Hello? Anybody read their Bible before? The Lord sings and dances over us. He rejoices over his children. And when he says, we've been playing the flute for you and you did not dance and you did not come, what does this mean? It means that he's talking, he's singing, and he's celebrating you. No matter how far away you are, he's still honoring you. As what? A child of the Most High. Do you get it? But he's saying it in a negative way. We played, you did not. We sang, and you did not. We're just waiting for something that's going to resonate with us. We're not honoring him at all. No matter how ugly or pretty this song is, <laughs> we need to dance. We need to listen. Yes? This is honoring Him. Even if I don't get the song, even if I don't understand the song, even if I don't understand the dance, even if I don't feel what I'm supposed to feel, He's still there and He's still doing it. You get the Lord honors you. Not a popular topic. 
Do you get that he actually honors you? Why would he want to co-labor with somebody and not honor them? Why? He wouldn't. He wants to partner with you. Remember when you were in school and you wanted to partner up with that specific person? There's a reason you wanted to partner up with that specific person, yes? Well, yeah, in your case, it was probably, oh, I want to be with Dave because he's smart, right? But no, like, okay, what is it? There's something, when I picked somebody, I, I trusted them. I wanted to honor them, and they honored me, yes? There is this dance that we need to take part in. I want the Lord to talk about me the same way that he talked about John the Baptist. Obviously not Messiah is coming, Messiah is coming. But man, somebody who prayed and annoyed the Lord. Right? Somebody who went after, who is radical for him. Maybe if he even didn't even see it in his own family first. Right? That's who I want to be. What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be honored for when it comes to the Lord? Not for your selfish pride, not because it sounds cool and you're like, oh man, that person's ministry is dope and I want that. No. That's their ministry. Let them have it. What's yours? What's he calling you to? What's he raising up in you and saying, hey, I want that and I want to dance with you. I want to dance with you, Allie, right? I want it. I want to, I want to go back and forth where you honor me and I honor you and, I, and you bless me and you bless me, right? That's the dance that we're reading about right here. I don't want to be the person where the flute's playing and I'm not hearing it. I don't want to be the person hearing the song and I'm not hearing it, right? You don't either, obviously, hopefully. Or you're just like, who cares? I don't, even, I don't even get it anymore. Hopefully that's not you. Does this make sense? Are you with me? Yeah. How do I honor when I'm not feeling it? How do I honor when I'm not seeing it? How do I honor when I'm not feeling and hearing and seeing and touching and smelling all of it? Because I know he's good. And it, shouldn't that be enough? It should. Shouldn't his goodness be enough? He's not just up there angry. His goodness should be enough for me to take part in this dance. Where's bride? He's my husband. He is. I'm infatuated with him. Just like I couldn't wait to dance with Madison on our wedding day, I can't wait to be a part of the dance that me and him are taking part in. Right? There's a reason they do that. It's not just cool. It's actually really awkward sometimes. But there's a dance that we need to take part in. And I believe that the recipe is honored. With me? I think that's all I've got. I think that's it. Let me just pray for you. And then I want to leave the Lord a little bit of space so we can minister over each other. Is that cool? So Lord, I pray that you'd go beyond my voice and that you would touch hearts. Holy Spirit, that you would do your work 
that we would be sensitive to your movings, that we would honor you and everything that we do. I pray, Lord, that you would rebirth something in us to show compassion to your world, to show affection to you, Lord, and to just fall in love with you again. Just feel like there's a rebirth. Lord, I pray that we would take your hand just as you take ours and that we would be a part of this dance. That we would hear your songs and melodies and, and all things over us. And that we would give it right back to you, Lord. That we wouldn't be selfish with our anointings, but it would all honor you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, for who you say you are. Thank you that you are greater than our, our minds can handle. We just honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.